This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So delightful. Since there's no place left to listen to anything, we're here with wow, the new podcast. You podcast. You podcast. I don't know where I'll poorly thought out. Absolutely. <laughs> Welcome to the CD podcast. This might be the last new one of the year, last fresh one for Tuesday, December seventeenth, two thousand nineteen. Don't worry, we'll do some recap episodes maybe later on, uh, or best of. That's Ian Ferguson. Howdy. I'm Pat Contra. I'm feeling kind of like uh, in my own head today. Uh, on the show, we'll be talking about uh, Xbox Series X, Pokemon Company going after leakage, <laughs> They're trying to stop leakage, bootleg uh, NES Classic console seized, the Pornhub year in review, <laughs> Christmas memories perhaps, and a Patreon poll topic. Uh, uh, to start, Ian, is, is, your, is your Christmas shopping all done? No. No, you you got some some uh, some people left to. Yeah, I mean, I I I hate Christmas shopping. I don't want to talk about Christmas shopping. I don't want to talk about no. I just it's it's awful. I hate doing it. Yeah, you go on a couple websites, click some buttons. It's good to go, Ian. Misery. Um, Well, I I got Ian's present while uh, we were preparing for the podcast. (laughs) All of a sudden, what what was your reaction? What what, what did you say? You're just like ultimate fishing simulator. Oh, Uh, so my so Steam Auto uh, just starts up when i turn my computer on and uh yeah i'm sitting here and we're getting ready and i'm overlooking things and this window pops up with ultimate fishing simulator and uh <laughs> i'm like why is this popping up we just talked about it. i was like oh pack got me ultimate fishing simulator so i have two fishing games i got you two fishing two games. fishing games i think the other one was like fishing world adventure so i'm looking forward to actually playing those yeah yeah once one was a lot more than the other they both got good reviews it looks like well, hopefully there. they'll be uh, they'll be fun. Uh, the one is by the the one is the one that we talked about last week, right? By the people yes, who are doing yes, the Jesus yes, game. Yes, yes. So <laughs> yes, I'll, I'll have to check that out. And uh, yeah, we'll see if um, you know uh, we'll see if it bodes well for I am your principal. Yes, I think I think uh, I think we have to keep, keep it on the radar. See see how put it through its paces, efficient <laughs> company. <laughs> yeah, and. Um, and so yeah, my, my uh, mine is just about done. My um, my shopping. I just got Vonnie something. You recommended something nice for Vonnie. Shh, don't tell Vonnie. And then I have to buy one more gift, and I'm done. I, I'm at the point where it's just gift baskets, sure. not gift cards. Gift baskets has, has at least a little bit of thought. Gift cards has almost none. Well, and 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 a gift basket is something that can be used like immediately. Yeah, it's you know it's it's stuff you're never going to buy for yourself. It's always like those little fancy. A higher end, like supermarket, little places where you can buy wine and like crackers and little cheese spreads and mm-hmm. all, you know, the olive tapenade and things like that, tapenade, yeah. whatever that you'll never buy for yourself unless you're reminded it exists. It's just nice, you know. I, I got I got one of my friends like a little like uh, prosecco one. It's got prosecco and then like all the little things you eat, you know, while you're relaxing with your loved ones or whatever. I don't I don't know. 
Uh, anyway, so um, no, my shopping's just about done here, though. Um, and then, like I said before, uh, for for new uh, for New Year's for Christmas Eve, we're probably gonna we're gonna have a best of see you podcast. Yeah, we've never done one before in six years. There's enough for probably six. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna um, tape some uh, intros and rejoiners. I think I think the Cleveland community might be its own separate one, the whole saga. Yeah, I think that's its own. That'll be like volume two of the best of. Right. So we'll record that, and then you'll, you'll get one there, and you might get another one before we come back to record another fresh one after maybe the first of the year. We'll see. We'll see what happens around the end of the year, if we're around for that. Uh, we'll see. But definitely for Christmas Eve, I'm not going to be around uh, for that. So, um, so Ian, uh, Skywalker. Oh, real quick, Ian. You didn't notice um, someone behind you. You didn't. Uh, you didn't notice. Look down. It's who clogged the toilet, Luigi. Oh. <laughs> Awful. Move to your move to your right a little bit, so so the people can see it real quick. It's who clogged your toilet, Luigi. Uh, Pair with where's my keys, Mario? Where's my keys? So we got both of them right there. He's got to get them up in the same level. I can't believe you didn't notice that sitting there. Guys, please tell me <laughs> where is my fucking. Keys? Who clogged the toilet, Luigi? What's going on? I could have used that for the last marathon. Yep. I, I could have. You could have. In a big way. That's, that's a story I'll tell 10 years from now. That's a hell of a title. Uh, yes, a it's a, that's, that's a big tale. Yep. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Uh, by the way, Ian, did your steam come up again? No. No, because I shut it down. Okay. Well, Ian, because I'm so nice, mm-hmm. I got you a, a steam gift card as well. Oh, well, thank so, you. So sir. when I am your principal comes out, you have to get it. <laughs> That's the one condition. <laughs> okay. All right. So there I, you go. I wanted it all happen at the same time, but you know the the fishing thing got ruined. Okay, that's done. I was still wonderfully surprised. All right. Well, you're welcome. I appreciate it. You're, Thank you're, you. You're you're a semi decent friend. Sometimes. I'm gonna I'm gonna play the hell out of some fishing. You're gonna play the hell. You're gonna fish the hell out of some, fish gonna, the hell out you're, of that you're, water. You're gonna hook some virtual fish in, <laughs> yeah. the, in the face. Yeah. And toss them back. Um. All right. Um. Ian, real quick. Uh. Before we get to Star Wars, Demons Tilt, the spiritual successor to to um, Demon, the Devil's Crush, and I guess Alien Crush, but it's, it's devilish. It's coming to Switch like next week. Yeah, out I, of nowhere. I'm excited about. It. So I've actually been following this game. I've I was actually playing it last night. I've been playing a bunch of games. I'll get into that in a second. But Demon's Tilt is uh, fantastic. It is a like a like like you said, a spiritual successor to Devil's Crush. Um, it even has the transforming face in the center. Oh, it does. Yep. Um, it's like a, a nun face that transforms and gets progressively. <laughs> it says in the trailer, occult pinball action arrives. Yep. Um, it's three layers. It's um. So there's three floors. The the bottom level, um, there's enemies you can destroy. The the I mean, I'm being very simplistic here. The middle layer, uh, layer is the transforming face, and the top layer is awesome. It's got this fucking lion face that's covered in armor uh, with a snake arm. So I guess that would be a uh, um, what is that? It's a not a not a griffin. A basilisk, maybe? I don't know. It's something. And, okay. uh, and a shield, and you can destroy it, and it gets progressively crazier. And the, the, the pixel art is just it nuts. Looks, it looks like a jaguar when I'm looking at it. It's, it the, the art in the game is insane. Yeah. Uh, it, it even has the same uh, font that the Turbo Graphics games had, like the simplistic, you know, 80s. It's got the eye. So, uh, and there are a couple of different modes. There's the standard mode, and then there's the EX Plus mode that does have um, the mini game tables as well. Okay. So, like, you can un- you can unlock the mini games. The sound design is something I really, really like in the game. Um, there's, like, a, a, a lady announcer that I just, I, I really enjoy the sound of the voice. And the music is fantastic. I love the copy 
of this press release. Turbocharged pinball is back. And then it also says, um, what was the other thing? A mega-driven soundtrack. Wink. And then some of the oh yeah, because features- it's all done with FM synthesis, so it, it sounds sure. it's exactly like a Sega Genesis soundtrack. Uh, it includes stuff like the Manticore part line, Serpent Scorpion, and then the Shub Calamari. I don't know what that is, but I want to battle the Shub Calamari. One hundred twenty million years old is just a baby when it comes to cosmic gods, so I guess they're Shub Calamari or gods in the game. All right, and there's a priestess, and there's like you know, you got um, pentagrams coming at you. You can hit and things. It's, it, looks, it looks incredible. It looks incre- incredible. Yeah. And that's coming to Switch. And you can use your flip grips that we finally got, or you had to reorder. Yeah. We got them. <laughs> um, so, yeah, even though I bought this on Steam, I will probably oh, buy it again. On... Or you can return it for I, I Am Your Principal. You can return it on Steam. No, I bought this game ages ago. This has been in early development for a while. Can you return it on Steam still? Uh, you what? can, but I mean... Within time limit? Yeah, there's a timeline. No, I got this probably six months ago in early access and was right. playing it. But well, I, I I will probably get it again for Switch for the 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 wrote the Tate mode, the flip grip. You, you say tape Tate. Tate mode or taint mode? Tate. Tate Tate? Tate. T A T E. That's a thing? Yeah. Tate mode is what it's called for shooters. Like if it, there's, oh. there's like uh, like a tape mode would mean uh like on a console shooter you could set it for tape mode and you could then Which just means vertical screen. Yeah. I never heard that expression in my life. Tate? Tate. T A T E. Okay. Is that, is that is that a spread as well with the Prosecco gift basket? I don't yeah. know. The Tate spread. And then um uh what else is going on? Not for resale is going to print on Blu ray. So that'll be available for purchase in January, and then we're going to have it on Amazon as well for purchase. Um, and then I'm trying to figure out a way to sell it digitally on my site as well. But that's going to be cool when that finally hits. And, of course, you can get the certain Super Nintendo guidebook. And, and it's Tate mode. I'm sorry, not Tate mode. Tate. Tate. A hot Tate. Um, you can go to ultimatenintendo.com. Get your uh, post-Christmas shop again, because if you order it today, I, there's no guarantee you're going to get it by Christmas, unless you live like within a, a, probably a four-state radius from, from where the warehouse is in uh, the warehouses in Michigan. So so if you're in the Midwest, you might be able to get it. California? Eh, we'll see. We'll see about that. We'll see how quick that media mail gets there. It's usually a week for media mail. It's like six days or so, five to seven days, depending on where you are. But All right, just order today when you hear this. That's all. And you might get it the day after Christmas. Anyway, so um, early Star Wars reviews are in for uh, rise the rise of Skywalker. He's been rising for nine movies now. A Skywalker of some fo- shape or form, uh-huh. I guess. He's been he's been drifting down and rising back up. Um, our pal Andre Meadows went to the premiere last night, and then there's early there's no Rotten Tomatoes reviews yet, but there's I guess there's probably a boy a boycott or not a boycott. There's an embargo until probably like I'm guessing like Wednesday when they come out. But um, um, the early word wor- on Rise of Skywalker, I think it's overall positive from what I see it on Twitter. Yeah. Overall positive, but I also saw that, like, it's just a ton of plot versus characterization. It's just, like, a lot of action and just a lot of things going on that you got to keep track of. There's, like, a heavy exposition that, uh, for the first, like, 45 minutes just to set up everything. And then one person said there's, like, enough plot for, like, three movies in, in this film. And I'm like, oh, I'm not shocked because there's a lot of loose ends. That they gotta tie up. Um, the Knights of Ren allegedly are in this movie, and uh, they were not in the second movie at all. So you gotta bring them back and put them in the plot and fight them. And there's a lot of stuff. The Emperor's back, and there wasn't a shred of evidence that the Emperor was gonna be in any of these movies until now. Right. So I mean, like, there's a lot going on here in this strange, strange 
bizarre trilogy this is going to go down as uh i think in the in the annals of, of film history uh here and then who knows they'll probably have luke come back as a force spirit and talk about shit who knows if he's going to help fight the emperor I'm I'm excited just because like I'm trying I'm hopefully gonna go in spoiler free. I want to see what happens here, but I think I'm not gonna be overjoyed at the end of this. I just think I won't be overjoyed. I'll be like, ah, eh, it was a thing that happened. This is the same way at the end of Revenge of the Sith. I'm like, ah, eh, it's a thing. It, it was like homework at that point. It was like an assignment I had to complete. Right? Sure. I, for me, I, yeah, I just I I can't get excited. It wasn't it wasn't like the Last Jedi destroyed it for me. I got to be honest with you, Force Awakens left me without a whole lot to get excited about. Sure. Um, I mean, as much as I enjoyed watching it in the theater, you know, as a popcorn flick, uh, you know, and it's not like this hasn't been said a billion times, but the, the, the fact that it basically rehashed the beats of the, the first movie. So point for point was like, I don't know. It, it, it didn't leave me excited. And then I didn't think the last Jedi was an awful movie, but it didn't set me up for anything else particularly exciting either. So now it's a third movie and you know, this is supposed to be a big finale of, of what if, if the first two movies in a trilogy don't get me excited, I can't possibly be that excited for the finale. It was speculated. I mean, not that I'm a genius, but this is, this is a a course correction to uh, the last Jedi, this movie. And that's what people are tweeting. Like one person said, um, who is this? This is an actual, was this a real a movie person here? Uh, see, some of the New York Times says, Rise of Skywalker could only have been ruder, ruder to Ryan Johnson if they had motion smoothed it. Uh, I'm not sure what the motion smooth is a, is a reference to. I'm trying to think about that. But there, there, J.J. Abrams has come out and said as politely as he could that there's things that he disagreed with in The Last Jedi that he would have gone in a different direction. The nicest possible he could say. So at the end of the day, you're going to get two movies that are actually not even that much connected because you have a gap between them and a standalone middle that might have, looks like almost nothing to do with the two well, films around it. That's, that's how I feel about, well, that, that, I think that's my take on the trilogy. I don't think any of the films are going to feel like they're linked together. And that's not the director's fault. That's not Ryan Johnson's fault. You can give as much shit you want. That's, that's uh, Kathleen Kennedy's fault running the studio. Sure, and not putting together a solid vision and sticking to it, like yeah. like like Kevin uh, Feige has for all the Marvel movies. There's, this is a multi billion dollar property, and it's still unfathomable that you can say, "All right, well, JJ did some setup, but we don't even have a full story arc that's really on paper." So, Ryan Johnson, you do whatever the hell you want for the second movie. Consequences be damned. I just can't believe that 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 happened, and this is the same company that does the MCU. I just can't believe that. And uh, I know some behind the scenes. I won't say anything that, you know, it, but that's what it comes down to. So um, I'm, that's why I'm really interested to see how this ends up, because if they're trying to shove in three three films worth of uh, of, 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 of plot into one movie. Wow, this is going to be a big bag of, of just shit going on. It's going to be like the Fast and the Furious of the Star Wars movies, where it's just like two minutes of plot and then like 20 minutes of action and two minutes of plot and exposition. And then, you know, what I mean, just like tons of things going on to rush through this. So we'll see. And plus, there's new characters that they're introducing in this one as well. And plus, Lando comes back in this one. So it's like fan service, tons of story, lots of action. Emperor comes back. There's rumors of other weird shit going on that people were surprised about that. This is going to be, a, I think this is going to be so divisive. Like, the last Jedi was divisive. I think it's also going to be divisive because this is the last movie to end this saga. Or people are going to say, oh, you tied up well, or this was just a fucking mess. That's just a feeling I have. I don't think there's any possible way you can tie it all up. Um, I don't even know that I'm going to 
go to see this in theaters. I didn't see The Last Jedi in theaters either. I At this point, I may just wait for it to come out in... I mean, I'll, I'll look, if, if everyone, you know, if reviews come out and it's extremely positive somehow across the board, then I might try to go see it, but I still haven't even seen Knives Out, and that's that was the movie I Speaking wanted to see. Speaking of Ryan see. Johnson, yeah, it looks good. That was the movie I wanted to see this this holiday. This one tweet says the positives were epic, nonstop action, which is weird for a Star Wars movie because you need those quiet times to develop the characters. There's no Star Wars movie with nonstop action at all. She's like 20 minutes in between action scenes at least. Sure. Lots of fan service. See, I don't like fan service at all. I don't. I, In like, which I just, fans are they servicing? Is my question. Original trilogy, I guess. Okay. I, I'm guessing like there's no reason to bring Lando back when he's like 80 yeah. years old. You know, and I don't think they would have brought Lando back unless like whatever. I just don't. I I don't. I almost didn't want to see Han Solo again just to kill him off. And Han Solo is the best part of 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 uh, Episode Seven to me, just because he was like in the plot for most of it. Yeah, and I think that was a that obviously that was probably the only way Harrison Ford wanted to come back to do the movie, kill me off because he wanted to be killed off in Return of the Jedi famously because he saw no place for his character to go, and he was correct. And with this one, it was like, oh, I was just an asshole father <laughs> in the in the Force Awakens. Um, so it says immense, immensely satisfying, very emotional. And then the mixed reviews is that it's a bit convoluted, big changes in direction from episode eight. We're not surprised about that. And then someone said, uh, one article is already saying, um, uh, Rise of Skywalker reactions say sequel feels like an apology for The Last Jedi. You can't do this with your trilogy. You just, like, you can't have it where, oh, we fucked up. Sorry. Now we're going to do the real movie we wanted to do. Yeah, you can't do that. Then it ruins, it tarnishes both movies when you do that. Like, you can't, it's, it's hard to go back and fix it. Um, anyway. Yeah, you can't course correct in the third movie of a trilogy. Because then you end up feeling like I, that's what I'm saying before. A, then you end up yeah, feeling like you don't have a trilogy. You no, have you three don't. separate movies. You have three. Or, or two movies that are semi-connected with a big gap in between. You know, that's all. <laughs> this is a funny tweet. The Rise of Skywalker. Baby Yoda has been found dead in Miami is the first line. Someone just did a fake thing. I just think that's funny. <laughs> I just think that's funny here. So, all right. That, that's all I got to say. Uh, maybe I'll do a short video, Ian. I never do, like, movie reactions or rarely do. Maybe I'll just do a short one on Friday. This comes out, what, Thursday night it comes out? Yeah. Or, or Friday? And I'll just say, I'll do, like, a 10-minute video. I just think what this comes down to is I'm exhausted by Star Wars. Um, we have a topic coming up later about toxic fandom, which isn't all about Star Wars, but, it's you know, it's tangentially related. I just think as I get older, I just have less of a hold on these things that I liked when I was, like, five and six and seven years old. It's just, I just... It's slipping away, I guess, at this point. The more I see it commercialized. Now, not that the original ones weren't commercialized. I was going to say, but, they were plenty fucking but, commercialized. But now it's such a product where it's a steady... Star Wars used to be, we had three movies come out, and most and two of them came out before I was born, or one barely born, and then you had nothing. You had nothing at all for like 10 years, besides a few comics and novels. Right. And now it's your guaranteed a Star Wars product every month of the year. Just about. With the, with the shows, with the cartoons coming back. You know what I mean? Now it's always around. It's yeah. not special anymore. I mean, that's what I mean. it's not as special anymore. Sure. When I say that's what I mean about saying it's commercial. It's a it's a steady product stream now. That's what I'll say. And it wasn't before. Well, I also think this is how we've 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 went from we. I, I think that's why we have all of these Star Wars fans now um, wondering, you know, when they're going to get their Star Wars back. And there's a lot of revisionism lately where people are like, oh, well, the prequels are fine. No. No, they're not. No, they're, they're not. They're horrible. They're not. And that was the beginning of the end. And I'm I'm gentler uh, on the prequels than most people because I like the concept of the 
of the political stuff. But I, I it was not executed well. No, but I like the idea of it. But no, they were bad movies. They were fucking awful movies. And I will say that about bad action, bad CG, bad dialogue. Revenge almost, of the Sith. Almost was no bad characterization. Too. Almost no characterization for for characters like Padme. Uh, Qui Gon has no character at all. Yeah. In that movie, and then Jar Jar is is, uh, is fucking horrendous. You, I don't know how we just uh, you know gloss over that. Oh, those were go- no Jar Jar was one of the worst characters ever put on film. And there was it was just you had the Star Wars that existed when you became a fan, mm-hmm. and then Star Wars became something different entirely with with Phantom Menace. With Phantom Menace, yeah. and that's when it became. I mean, obviously the first ones were commercial, but that's when it became a. A, a product entity. A I product think, pusher. Yeah. More, more so than, than the original. More than anything. Yeah. And I, I, I just, I see these people who are angry about all this Star Wars stuff, and it's just, I've said it before, but maybe take two steps back and realize that if you haven't liked two-thirds of it, that you aren't, you can still like the movies, but you don't have to call yourself a Star Wars fan. You don't have to be part of the fandom. You're allowed to pick and choose. And I, I just... I don't know. It, it's it's weird to see people constantly going back to it, expecting it to change into something that I don't even know you well, can define at this point. It's almost like a way how this. I wasn't around for it, but originally, the next generation when the next generation came out, Star Trek Next Generation, the, people from the original uh, Star Trek, uh, the, the, those fans were pissed off. Sure, I'm not sure it's the same extent. There was no social media back in what was the Next Generation uh, ninety? It was ninety or 89? 80, 89. No, eighty seven or eighty eight. Eighty eight or eighty nine. It was around. It was eighty eight. I think it was around there. They were pissed off because they were still making movies with the original cast, yep. which were still popular, still making money. They're like, "How dare you do this to us?" But you know what happened? Next Generation was brilliant. You needed to have a different cast and different style uh, for that. And um, with Star Trek. It's allowed to change. It was because they did four or five series where each one was radically different. Deep Space Nine, Deep was, State Nine was great, is, and that I was love w- it. it's totally different and totally different in tone from Next Generation. Then you had Voyager. Some people like Voyager. Some people don't. The whole point is that it it changed every like six years or so, with seven years with some crossover in between. Star Wars hasn't been like that. Star Wars has been this is Star Wars for fifteen twenty years original trilogy. Now we have Phantom Menace for five years. Then we have nothing for fifteen years again until these new movies. So you have these generational shifts, and along the way, you have people that grew up with these specific set of three movies saying, this is my Star Wars, right. and nothing else around it. Now, it's Star Wars is almost like Star Trek now, because now you have all these TV shows, and you have movies at the same time, and you have these varying things of what Star Wars is, on the screen at least. You always had different types of, of um of comic books, but no one really read those Dark Horse comics. They weren't that popular in the early 90s. And then the, the video games were just for video game fans. That was a niche thing on the PC. But now it's like Star Wars is whatever you want it to be, and some people don't like that. Sure. That's what it's become. And I'd say it, it's lost its luster as a magical you know, property, because it was so special that we didn't get a movie for like 15 years until The Phantom Menace. And then at the end of Phantom Menace, I sat there literally theater empty that Saturday afternoon. I was just like, all right. Great. I think that's what I said to myself after watching The Phantom Menace. <laughs> and then I sold all my uh, toys I was collecting like within a couple years. I was done. I was even done before Attack of the Clones. And Attack of the Clones was actually a worse movie than Phantom Menace. Oh, agreed. That that was horrific. From the romantic subplot alone. I remember being I remember being in the theater and I was in college then. That was my senior year, 2002. And then people next to me were like, shh. I was, I was at the screen yelling like, after like, it, it's course like I was like, I actually said, come on, in the theater. And, and, and the friends next to me were like, shh, like they're watching fucking Shakespeare. 
<laughs> and then when Yoda started flipping around, I just rolled my eyes and said, that's not Yoda. I don't know what this, oh, I don't know what I'm watching anymore. I don't know what I'm watching. And they were like, oh my God, it was awesome seeing Yoda flip around. And that's when I knew I'm not a Star Wars fan anymore. I'm a fan of three movies that came out, mostly before I was born. That's when I kind of realized it at the time, Ian. Sure. I like some things about Star Wars, but I am not a Star Wars fan, if that makes sense. Yes. That's what I've converted into slowly but surely. And that's what I've always been. And that's when I sold off all my Star Wars toys. I think that's what I realized. I was like, yeah, I'm not a fan anymore. I'm just like, I like some of these movies. If people ask me, hey, do you like Star Wars? I'll be like, yeah, I like Star Wars. I don't, I don't, need, to have the <laughs> Bo- I don't need to have the Boba Fett Return of the Jedi figure on my shelf anymore. I don't need that. You know? But then it became video games. And the psychosis transferred over into <laughs> collecting. It was always, that's always kind of what happened. It, it went from collecting Star Wars toys and some comic books into, and toys and, and collecting video games. That's what happened. But hey, I made a career out of it. So <laughs> there you go. All right. So go see The Rise of Skywalker. Just have a dumb, fun time. See how they, they made a zombie emperor. You know, he's the be- he was the best part of the original, uh, excuse me, the prequel trilogy was, was Palpatine by yeah. far. The only person that might have had a semi-character arc in, in the whole freaking trilogy. Yeah, honestly, when you think about it. Anyway. All right, Ian. We're going to start this main topic with the Game Awards. I mean, I'm not I'm not, not really. talking about the Game Awards. I'm, but I am going to talk about one probably the, the, the bigger... The reveal. The big announcement from the Game Awards was they finally did the reveal of the uh, Xbox Series X. Xbox Series X. X. And okay. well, we'll get a little bit more into that in a second. Um, so Microsoft announces the new Xbox. Xbox. Um, and they did give some uh, some of the components under the hood. So there's going to be uh, an eight core targeting eight core targeting around three point five gigahertz um, custom processor, twelve teraflops, thirteen gigabytes for RAM, um, or three gigabytes of RAM for games. Thirteen. Uh, 13- 13 gigabytes of RAM for games, 3 gigabytes for the operating system, and the storage is going to be um, solid state. And a custom GPU built on the AMD RDNA architecture, which I have no idea what that means. Um, the biggest thing, obviously, uh, solid state, we talked about before, that means you're going to load up games quicker, you, you, uh, games will be smaller because you can access information quicker, you don't have to repeat information on the hard drive. That's cool stuff. Um... And then, obviously, you're going to have the ray tracing, I guess, going on. I mean, when I look at all these specs, I'm like, okay, computer specs, that's fantastic. You know, you can get a 3.5 gigahertz chip on a computer nowadays, but we're going to put it in our console. That's cool. Um, Microsoft flops. Microsoft announced that thousands of your favorite games across four generations of gaming will be available on the Series X. It's not going to be... I I, I doubt it will be 100% backwards compatible, but Microsoft has been good about working on making backwards compatibility a focus, which I love. It's great. Um, Well, I mean that every Xbox original game I'll be able to put in and be able to play? We'll see. Yeah. Uh, That's that's great, though. You can't do that on the Xbox One. And as I get... When I was... You know, even even like three four years ago, when I was playing more games, if the backwards compatibility wasn't close to a hundred percent, I sometimes didn't see the point because I would still want. I if if I'm gonna have to have that old my the old system hooked up for games anyways, my thinking is well, I'm just gonna play them on the old system. But I don't know. I play less now, and just having the ability and the accessibility. Um, 
what Microsoft does with their backwards compatibility is a really nice selling point, and it ensures that people who buy these systems day one have something to do. They can play their old games on it, see if there's a graphic sure. boost or whatever. You know, it, it, it does tidy things up a little bit, and especially in the living room. So I, I really do applaud Microsoft for always being kind of, you know, always pushing the backwards compatibility and kind of making sure it's there. And they're still doing that here. Um, it's so with how this is being released, though, um, I I have a feeling that we're going to see. I don't know if it'll be yearly, but I have a feeling we're going to see probably more versions of the Xbox Series Every two years, X. I'll say. Every two. That's what I was thinking. The same too. way it's been with the Xbox One just about. Um, the Xbox... The S and One X, yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the Xbox One had the One, the S, and the X. The S was less of a... It was smaller and quieter. There was... I believe it added HDR support. Yes, that was a big thing with so that. So they did add something. Yes. Um... I think we will probably start seeing... I, I think Microsoft is uh, really very much going to start treating this like a home gaming computer. I have a feeling that, yes, every two yeah. years. And I, I, as much as I hate this name, and I'm going to get to that in a second, I think they're setting themselves up to be in a position where the big console reveal isn't really something you do. I have a feeling it's going to be... Incre- for, for Microsoft, at least, I have a feeling it's going to be incremental updates. I, I don't know that we're going to see another... This is the I think I think we just said like this is the last this is it like we're, you're not going to have these big divisions anymore it's over on these consoles this is going to be like incremental updates going forward and yeah. that's it I, just I, like computers I don't it's think- gonna, and it's going to be probably where all right I had to say I bought a piece of software in 2020 that might work for like seven eight years on these different iterations it'll just be weaker and weaker just like a computer you can still play games that are that are new on a you know on a crappy computer but. It'll be like less frames. It'll look, yeah. you know, the settings will be lower, but you can still play it. I, I can see the same exact thing happening it's, here. It's an interesting idea. I think if they, I, I think it's a, a fine line for them to balance, though, because if it goes to computer, then people are going to go computer. If it, it, well, it, to me, it's just, it's, just, it's like, the, it's just like, okay, um, you know, an Android phone versus an iPhone. An iPhone has a glossy interface. You don't have to worry about anything. So people like the iPhone, sure, versus the Android. That's the same thing to me. It's like, yeah, you can play it on a, on a, on a, on a PC, but then. You got to worry about everything else on a PC and malware and antivirus, or versus having a dedicated computer yes. console for your TV. I'm just saying it's just it, simplistic. It, 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 it'll it, what will remains to be seen is how compatibility will be, how well games later on will work on earlier systems. Sure. All I'm saying is it's a fine line because if you if you get to the point again where people are like, well, will this run on my X, Y, or Z. You're right. What's the point? What's the point? The and then I, I feel like that would end up giving the edge to, you know, back to Sony or Nintendo. Well, we don't exactly know what Sony's going to do, but it could give the edge back to Sony or Nintendo or, again, a company that's okay with things looking outdated for a few years as long as everything plays on it and everything works fine. But I, 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 I'm, I just, not, I'm not anti this. I, I, I'm, I'm very curious. You're, so, you're, so you're worried about confusion of the software once you have three different versions of the console. Right, exactly. And we don't know well, if right, that's going to happen. Well, the, but, with, with the One X, with the Xbox One, you can still play on all three, correct? Yes, exactly. So I don't see why there'd be any big difference with it. Uh, well, that's what I'm, That's the whole point of what I'm saying is I think they're looking to change sort of how they how they market it, how they do this. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, we don't know if it's going to be upgradable. Maybe you can swap in a new GPU. I mean, if you look at it, it's a mini tower. The yeah. shape. I actually love how it looks. It's actually it's, people have been uh, making fun of it. I like uh, how it looks. 
It's it's a game rectangle. It's a mi- it's how a mini tower. It's a looks. game rectangle. It's not is a that... GameCube. It's a game rectangle. <laughs> it's not a cube because one size longer than the other. Not a rectangle. What is it? What is it? What is it? It's a trapezoid. Whatever the fuck it is. Um. So yeah, I actually think it looks kind of nice. I don't think. What do you want a game console? Is is the look of the game console that important anymore? Like, at least if you want it as a as a as a an ornament by your TV or by your sound system, like it looks fine. It, it looks like a subwoofer. That's what it yeah, looks it like. Yeah, it does. It looks like a... And you have the ventilation on the top, which oh, is smart. A black monolithic Heat rises, box. right? Um, I don't like uh, how the drive is on the side. Drives on the side for optical media is almost always a bad idea. Almost um, always a bad idea. Unless you, it's one of those ones you just push it and not have a tray. Oh, it doesn't matter if it's a tray or not. It, it's still... Well, it's, yeah, you're right. The three. It always seems to scratch up discs. Because remember they had those CD-ROMs where you just pushed them in? Yeah. And versus the... the Anyway, I, I'm not I'm not concerned about that. Uh, controller, it's an Xbox controller. I mean, like at this point, what are you going to do with an Xbox controller? It's an Xbox controller. I usually end up with you know. Sony consoles, uh, usually based on exclusivity. Like the PS4 got me with its fighting game exclusivity and stuff. But I will say, right. I like the I like the Microsoft controller far better than I like the Sony controller in terms of how it holds. Um, this is going back to a circular D pad though, and I fucking hate circular D pads. Well, it's like an indented circle around. Didn't they just have the, their dog shit? Wasn't the Xbox controller a regular cross pad finally? The with, with Xbox a, One with a dial that you can make it a regular D pad. Xbox 360 had a, a, a flippy do version that was great. Uh huh. Because um, the 360 <laughs> the 360 D pad is like my least favorite oh, D pad. It's awful. It's 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 like a television disc. It's like it, a disc. It's it's miserable. I remember when I had the 360 and I did play like the Street Fighter on there. I could not do a Hadouken to save my it life. It was a mushy piece of shit. Yes. Um. But yeah, the, it looked a lot better on the um on the Xbox One X. Yeah, they had the a real D pad. And Without now it's yeah back to this circle, and I'm like, no. Nintendo's no, no. D-pad patent's gone. That's been gone for a while. Yeah, I think you're allowed to use whatever the hell you want now for a D-pad. Yeah, you don't try to get around it like what they did with the Genesis and Turbo Graphics. Like you're allowed to do it, and so I don't see why you would ever think that'd be advantageous, unless it's something interesting. It's like indented coming out, which is interesting. It's like coming. Maybe it's a, maybe 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 they figured out something here. However, I I am going to lean into the fucking naming. Um, okay, Ian. There was a new uh, article that came out. A new article came out uh, yesterday uh, morning. It? The next generation there? Xbox has a much simpler name than you might think. It's actually just Xbox. That's from Business Insider. That, yeah, that's not an easier name. That's not easier. That's a brand name. It's not an easier name. So we uh, have the... in this, this drives me nuts. And this is kind of what I was saying earlier with the... I think the reason behind it is, going forward, Xbox is going to be a name that they try to use like computer. This is a computer game. This is an Xbox game. They want it to be sort of a catch-all term, and that's why I think it's going to be we're going to see more incremental upgrades. You're going to get the Xbox, you know, G, the I, I don't know. But well, they're starting on X, there's not a lot of letters you can go from there. Yeah. X1, X2, X3 and becomes a, a movie franchise. However, know. this is awful for retailers, and I don't know why they think that this is cute or funny or even it's not stylistically awesome it just sucks this is going to create a lot of fucking trouble for retailers for parents for people who are just getting into games especially places like uh luna where we do you know locations two locations uh chula vista la mesa um where we do you know older hardware generations i want an xbox well what the fuck (laughs) Because now you're going to have five to choose from. 
I don't think Sony's naming conventions are attractive. I mean, PS1, 2, 3, 4, it's boring, but it's fucking clear. Yeah. It's clear. I do still get people every once in a while who come in and they're like, can I get a PlayStation? And I'm like, which one? They're like, oh, the 4, the 5. But when it's the Xbox, right now it's already hard enough. Can I get an Xbox? Uh, An Xbox One. I go and I get an Xbox One. No, no, the original Xbox. Well, now it's like, I, I want a Ford. Well, what type of Ford do you want? What, what type of car? That, that's what they're changing it to. That's yes. what Xbox is coming, the car model. That, the yes. car name, car brand, and the model will be Series X, Series A, Series... Right. And I don't think that's a good... Like, it's, it's not good to, for the, market, and, the marketplace. No, it's not. It's and hard the, to market. And going back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, I, they do run... I, I, I think the system... I, like, I enjoy their controller. I enjoy what they do with their backwards compatibility. Um... I, I, I like the fact that they share between, like, they do cross-play. I don't have any problem with the system. In fact, I'm really waiting to look and see what Sony does before I make a decision. Like, I could go back to Xbox next generation, but really, it'll be like, if fighting games are still exclusive to the PlayStation, then I, I'll probably stick to Sony. But I could be convinced. I'm not, like, a, a, a brand loyalist when it comes to it. I could be convinced to go to Microsoft. But I think well, in the long run, the naming is going to be problematic especially if they do incremental upgrades instead of big system releases and things get confusing. It could become very confusing for the consumer. And then, like I said earlier, people are going to go back to the console system that is easy instead of having to look up, you know, what if, if you know, three years from launch, there's already, you know, two more models on there and there's huge differences between them. Different colors. <laughs> yeah, I just, I think it does run the risk of being overly complex. I'm trying to think, I guess, if they come out like Series A, would it be a different color? Or would it be a different shape? Because that could be confusing as well, you know, at that point. Would, would it be like emblazoned Series X? You know what I mean? Like, how many different shapes are you going to have to differentiate these? If they're basically computers and you're emitting that. You know, you can't you can't go back to, like, the next one looking like, you know, like an Xbox 360 if this one looks like a, a mini tower or a tower. Like It, it does it does bring up some issues. I, I just like the fact that... You know they have the the integration of the software being playing on Windows 10 as well as the consoles. If they continue that, that to me is a competitive advantage versus Sony. Yes, it is a big one, a big one to me. Mm-hmm. I agree. And plus, they have their their well, they all have their gaming services. But you know, I oh, and and, and, and I mean, on top of that, I I, I want to throw Game Pass. Yeah, Game Pass is a fantastic. Yeah. It's a it's a fantastic freaking deal. So Microsoft has a lot going for them. I think in terms of software this time around, I think they they can now you can uh, get that show MLB the show is going to be on all the consoles. In a that game years. is so good. See, um, but I, I I feel like the hardware thing could leave people confused and. Um, I don't know. Maybe this is all just a big versus just saying like how PS4. It's like PS4 Pro. They're not fucking around with different series models, right? Yeah, you know. I am. I'm afraid that this is a sign that Microsoft is going to further confuse what is already starting to become a confusing console landscape. Well, like I said, it's just it's it's a computer. We knew that it's yes. been, it's been, it's been, these have been computers for ten years. These consoles, they're they're not game consoles anymore. I mean, so. All right, this is coming out holiday season, and you're going to have the PS5 as well. And uh, what do you think it's going to cost? Like 500 bucks? Was, was that what the Xbox One cost when it came out originally? Something like that? So it's not going to be cheap. PS4s and Xbox Ones, I think, were 400 when they came out. You sure about that? For the, for the, for the lower-end, smaller hard drive? I, I, I'm pretty sure um, they were. The Elite One went for 499 in August 2015. 
for the original Xbox One, according to this. Well, they, it came out in 2013, so... Okay. Yeah, the, the Elite one was... The oh, it was $400, launched yeah. June 2014. Because after the, cause the PS3 launched at 600 and everyone was like, so, that's crazy. So every I, like there was a big push to have everything launch at 400 um, for the, okay. the new so, generation. So the first model was 400 in 2014, and then the Elite... The Elite was, was just a system that came with... Hybrid, solid-state hard drive. Okay. It also had a like ridiculously expensive so, controller with so, it. So they had the up, a semi-upgrade a year after the yep. original release. The Elite was um, it was a bundle that came with a uh, extremely expensive controller. The system itself wasn't upgraded; it was the controller. Was. Oh, this article said it had a, a had a hybrid solid state hard drive. They might have put a different uh, that I don't recall. I thought it was uh, literally right. just the the, uh, the controller. Um, but then the S was like the big sure. But the, but slim we'll model. just say then they had three or four different models in five years though. So if you don't, truly if you don't count models. the elite, okay, that's still that's every, yeah, that's every other year. Yeah. So this is going to continue. You're going to have you're going to have till the end of time. You're going to have even when you're still working at Luna Video Games in 20 years, you're going to have uh, 15 different versions of the Xbox for sale. It's going to so, be tough. It's going it's going to be it's going to be tough before you move to Florida and retire. It's going to be tough. Okay. Maybe I'll maybe I'll, maybe I'll get grab one of these next year, instead of you know, to do my gaming on. You know, you can have ray tracing. <laughs> I don't have a four. I have a four K TV though. I'll probably have to get one to take full advantage of it. There. So, uh, anything else to add? We, we we good on this? Moving on. Well, we're, we're moving on with this. All right. We're moving on. Uh, by, by the way, they, they told the Business Insider the name we're carrying forward to the next generation is simply Xbox. Great, the you've name, been carrying that name. Uh, the name Xbox Series X allows room for additional consoles in the future. So that's that's their strategy. It's it's a, they're a car company selling. But you. then it sh- but my thing is like then call it the Xbox Series. But that's what it's already bet. I just well, I fucking hate it. It's awful. They are calling it Series Series X. <laughs> so, moving on. <laughs> Pokemon. Pokemon! Pokemon Company is going after uh, leakers, um, but not like people who have leaked the game. People who leaked images on um, Discord and uh, what was the other company? Uh, Discord and Reddit? Uh, 4chan and Reddit. Um, so the there was like eighteen images that were uh, leaked from the strategy guide, uh, like a few weeks early. Okay. Um, made their way around to various, I believe, news sites and things like that. And the Pokemon company is really unhappy about it. So they've gotten permission to go forward, um, and they're going to be issuing subpoenas against Discord 4chan that would uh, force them to come forward with... Uh, IP addresses of individuals? Yeah, of IP indi- of, of individuals. So this is serious. This isn't just like a scare tactic. Right. Um, the leak began a couple... Of, this is from the IGN article. The leaks began a couple of weeks prior to Pokemon Sword and Shield's release with images circulating around the internet showcasing unreleased images of Pokemon, including new Gigantamax forms taken directly from the official strategy guide. The Pokemon company's lawyers claim that the leaks had caused irreparable injury to Pokemon and that the company is entitled to damages in an amount to be proven at trial. So... Um... Let me say this. I understand that companies have to protect their IP. I understand that they have like I, that they have to go after things like this. But 
I honest, I really feel I, I just I'm rolling my eyes here at the images leaked from the strategy guide have done irreparable harm um, to to the company. I just I don't I don't I don't buy it. The Pokemon company are seeking financial reimbursements from the individuals responsible for all losses caused by their wrongful conduct. Um, and then there was another line from them that I'm trying to find. Uh, I think it's up here. Um, it also mentions that the leaks are responsible for reducing the fan interest and engagement the Pokemon <laughs> company and its partners generate by keeping key elements of the game secret. I was just there, I didn't see any of these images. Was there anything key and secret that was leaked in these? I mean, the guys? idea of like, of like certain Gigantamax forms and things like that. But no, what's there was a, what's a Gigantamax form. It's so like the, it's the, like a the, special the, evol. It's like it's it's so there's giant versions of Pokemon in the and game, a and super then giant version, and then the Gigantamax ones are like so if you're playing. If you're playing a, a battle where you can Dynamax your Pokemon, um, which is to make them big, certain Pokemon have Gigantamax forms, which changes okay. how they look. So, like, um, you know, like, you can get a Snorlax that goes really big. That's the big fat cat. Or you can get a Gigantamax Snorlax, which when it goes really big, it's sleeping and there's a tree growing out of it. Like, it's just neat little weird forms and evolutions and things like that. Tree grows out of a sleeping cat? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. So, um, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say other than... This happened on November 1st. Uh, defendants ale- allegedly posted stolen trade secrets from the strategy guide. This, this is in some insider people, obviously, getting some shots of this. Um, well, here's the thing. If it's they, spoilers and if, stuff if, like well, that. Did, did these people sign an NDA? If they find out these people that they're, that they're revealed to him were employees of some sort and signed an NDA, they're screwed. Oh, they yeah. signed an NDA. Sure. No, yeah. I absolutely uh, get what why I, I I get I understand why they're doing it. I understand protecting your property. I get it. I just think the fucking wording is dumb. I don't think yeah, it did irreparable harm and damage. I don't think these pictures leaking. Sure. I, I don't well, think you, it, you didn't turn off people to yeah, buy. You this didn't thing. stop five hundred people from buying it. You didn't stop a thousand people well, from buying it. I get it. It's just the fucking wording is. I, I hate the they're wording. We're gonna settle it. with these people. They're going to make an example out of yes. them. There's going to be some safe safes, whatever, 5,000 each or whatever. They're not going to end these people's lives. They're going to make an example of them so in the future it doesn't happen. That's, that's why you do these NDAs. If they, I mean, it has to be someone who signed an NDA. Who, who would have got this information before a three, three weeks before the, it launched? Who would have had it? Yeah, who would have had the strategy? Guide? It would even be, would they be at Amazon and someone opened one up and snapped it? I mean, I don't think so. I think they probably have a good idea who might have done this, and they're trying. That's why they're treating the IP address. They, they said they do. They said they've. They, uh, while they haven't named them yet, they, there are four people in particular that they're looking at. Okay. So well, you're, you're going to get slapped by by Papa Pokemon and well, Nintendo sort of like the you know the the, the big ball. You know, he's Nintendo's the muscle here. They don't. They're not the ones probably pushing as much as the Pokemon companies. They have a minority stake, but they're the ones. Okay, we got to go along with the two and slap you around with their lawyers. You know, so. Um, the strategy guide was released a, a week after the game came out. Okay, that's is that usually what happens with the, with the strategy guys. No, usually they come out at the same time. That's interesting. The Pokemon Company details some of the security measures it uses to keep its information safe. Employees undergo background checks, stores files on secure computers, restricts access to those files, and traces and marks files. Anyone with access to the game or information on it is required to sign an, a non-disclosure agreement, including any contractors and production vendors. They're making an example here. These are people that most likely signed a contract, an NDA. They're, they're not fucking around. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. No, and you got uh, to enforce it. Only production facility employees with, with proper security clearance have access to the strategy guide during the production process. So this is like, this is like, 
in a safe room almost where they allow people in here. Yeah, and I feel like figuring out who it is is probably going to be like shooting fish in a barrel. Those with permission to access the security areas are not permitted to bring in cellular phones or cameras. Wow, okay. They're serious about this. They're not screwing around. Something that pro- process apparently broke down ahead of the strategy guys release. Pokemon Company said it reacted swiftly to the leaks after the images were posted online and issued takedown requests in an effort to mitigate the damage. Okay. So this... All right. They're seeking comp- compensa- compensatory damages for the leak- leaker's wrongful conduct as well as monetary relief. Punitive and exemplary. Expl- God, I can't ever say that. Exemplary damages and injunctive relief. It's going to be hard to prove how much money you lost from these leaks. That's what a jury would be like. How much money do these, do these, right. these leaks cost you? And if they can't prove it, that's up. That'd be up to a jury. But obviously, these people don't have the money that Pokemon does to sue them. So they're probably going to be forced to settle, settle for something, and say, "Yeah, I, I was wrong. Here's some money. That's going to hurt me, but don't put me out." Ver- or versus going through a trial that could take a year. Yeah, it sucks. <clears throat> it is what it is. I guess don't leak. Don't leak the strategy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, comes down to it you weren't supposed to do something you yeah. broke the rules and now you're being punished I just think the it's shitty I know it's a shitty sh- situation yeah Ian imagine a holiday season where you get to escape the long lines crowded parking lots and pushy salespeople. here try this perfume sounds pretty nice right well that's exactly how every day can be with Mint Mobile this year skip the lines skip the hassle skip the malls with Mint Mobile the online wireless provider that delivers unbelievable savings directly to you for a limited time, Mint Mobile is offering the best deal in wireless. Save up to 40% off their three-month phone plans, starting at 15 bucks a month. Whoa! For that 15 bucks a month, you get 12, 12 gigabytes of 4G LTE data, plus unlimited nationwide talk and text. Again, that's 40% off the standard rate. Use your own phone with Mint Mobile. It has to be your own phone that's uh, owned by you. It's unlocked, and it's a GSM phone. And you keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. In the mail, they'll send you a little SIM card pack. You just put it in your phone. They even give you the tool to open to get the little SIM card out. And then you get the app and you're up and running. You tell them your old phone number or, or you get a new one and you're, you're, you're going. It's, it's, it's simple. I've done it. And uh, they use the T-Mobile infrastructure. So it's a, it's a real uh, network here that you can trust. And if you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their seven-day money-back guarantee. All right, take advantage of this Mint Mobile deal before it's gone. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash podcast. That's mintmobile.com slash podcast. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month. Save hundreds a year with Mint Mobile. Ian, yes. this this was like a th- almost a throwback topic to me here. Um, this, is, this came from... Uh, WBTV Channel 3 on your side out of North Carolina. Raleigh, North Carolina, home home of a ex-YouTuber Rue. Um, hundreds of fake Nintendo Classic systems were seized by North Carolina's anti-counterfeiting task force at a Triangle Area shopping center recently. The Secretary of State's office said. Okay, the task force were, worked for the, for the last two weeks to obtain the counterfeit systems from sellers. And the sellers voluntarily, voluntarily surrendered them. A total of 340 fake Nintendo Entertainment System Classic Edition systems were surrendered amid the operation. This is so weird to me, just because this harkens back to this happened in the mid 2000s with the you know those those uh, Famicom clone with like N64 controllers were always sold in malls. Yeah, the Super Joy Boys or whatever the hell they were called. 
Yeah, they were they're, they're all, they're, they're all over the names. place. They're over the over the flea markets at the time too. We got one in at uh, Luna once that was called the Italian Brothers Game Console. Okay, I want that Italian one. Boys, Italian I, Boys Game Console. I, I want that one. Um, <laughs> but back then, Nintendo went after those people eventually, and 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 they had a a ton of things confiscated in New York City, somewhere around two thousand five or six. There's stories about that, and it's happened again with the NES Classic Edition. I mean, you, when you go to Swap Me, there was a vendor. I'm not narking. I'm not dropping a dime, but there was a vendor I've. Seen with just dedicated to selling it could have been this exact one 620 games could, sure it's probably like there's probably like this probably, probably like the main one out there you can purchase here um so the real nintendo systems have 30 pre-installed games while the counterfeit system claims have 620 and even up to 800 pre-installed games yeah they're just lo- loading up the system with a bunch of them they're basically hacked systems and yeah. we, we, these usually have the crappier AV to HDMI output. It's not a clean HDMI output. Right. There, yeah. I, I mean, I've seen I've seen people bring these in before and try to sell them at, at Luna, and I'm like, I no, I can't, I can't take this in. I'm sorry. I think they're just careful not to put the Nintendo logo on the, the front of them or whatever on yeah. the actual system. But it's the same shell. They but yeah, it's a shell. three. It's a it's a printed case. Well, maybe not 3D printed, but it's yeah, it's a Nintendo manufactured case. It's two knockoff controllers. Uh, they load. I've seen them with up to 800 games. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, I always feel like the people who are selling these things at malls because when they got to know they know they're counterfeit they got to know they're counterfeit but i I mean it's got i feel like that's a huge risk to do that especially in these day and age like this day and age um you know you were mentioning malls you know grow in the like late 2000s early it was yeah early 2000s you would you'd see these all the time little mall kiosks and they would just have tons of these plug-in yeah, the little the little wooden the wooden fucking carts yep. they had and you'd have one person standing out there and i always wondered how they were able to sell there but because they went under the radar they went yeah exactly 15 years ago it was harder to report them now but it's, plus back then retro games wasn't a thing it was like what the hell is this yeah people saw it and yeah. probably didn't i mean the first thing like, people oh, saw what the hell they thought that was yeah. yeah they probably didn't think oh this has got to be a bootleg no they were just like oh mario brothers um, but I think, yeah, now people are know more about it. They're more savvy about it. They understand <laughs> these laws. And I can't imagine a place trying to do this, uh, you know, a, a person trying to do this in a mall in this day and age, um, you know, being successful with it. I don't know. I guess who says, I guess they, they probably figure there's, there's a, there's a, there's a, this anti-counterfeit task force that's going after, not just this, obviously going after probably counterfeit Gucci bags and things like that. Right. And they know, they must know this is fake, but I wonder if they get pressure from someone like Nintendo. I don't think Nintendo would probably care about this that much. Uh, I don't know. I'm speaking out of turn. What's weird though here is that the estimated retail value was $800,000 only 340 systems. Pat man, it doesn't work out with that. 800,000 divided by 340 means each one of those would be retailing for uh for two two thousand uh $352. Doesn't make any sense to me. Did I do that pat math right? This is, these don't retail for more than like uh, well, any is classic was sixty, right? These you can't get more than like forty bucks for these pieces of crap knockoffs, can you? You know? The estimated retail value of the goods. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. The retail value should be sixty times three forty. It should be twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, for these, unless unless there was like three thousand that were three forty. The only thing like, I can think of is maybe they're trying to look at like the worth of the games and then extrapolate oh, it from there. There you go, Ian. That makes sense. Well, if there's three hundred, was someone at the task force saying, "Oh, what's a contra worth right now? What's what's a what's a Hudson's adventure?" <laughs> That'd be funny if that was my assignment on the. On let's the just assume, task force. let's just say that they're going by like basic digital game prices that makes five times 320 what's what's that do the do the math 
Oh, these have well, these have six hundred and twenty. Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe they're saying they're a dollar each, six hundred and twenty times three forty. That still gets only two hundred ten thousand. They probably just something like that, though. You're right. They yeah. probably just something. They like, pull the magic value out of the air. The value, like three dollars each for these games. So, maybe, so they're probably thinking, like, well, the value is like a thousand dollars or eighteen hundred dollars each. For, that's what they did. I think they said these are three dollars each. That means each one's eighteen hundred and sixty dollars times three forty. No, that still gets you only six hundred thirty-two thousand. We'll figure this out. But that's what they probably did. You're right. They probably said these games are worth like between four and five bucks each. This is like a this is like a a, a um a square one segment now that we're doing. <laughs> How many to, consoles were seized? Uh, three forty. Square one. Da, 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 da. Do some divisioning. Just divide from eight hundred thousand divided. Right? Well, at five dollars per game. <laughs> <laughs> it, the, the, they, the systems then become worth one million fifty four. So it's four dollars and twenty three cents. It's something in yeah. there, Ian Math. It's in there somewhere. Yeah, I just think it's hysterical to see this happen. I mean, whatever. How embarrassed would you be if you're a real retailer? This can't be real retailers that would stock these. This no, isn't, this isn't a toy shop that would they would know. Yeah, no, I I, I, I I have to imagine this is a person who had a bunch of these drop shipped to their house, went to the mall, said, I'm going to buy that kiosk for two months and, and sell a bunch and, and ran a gamble. And so so they probably won't get sued by one directly civilly, but they're just recovering them. You know, less than 10 decides to go after them. OK, I think it's I think it's a it's a it's a you know, it's, it's not as heartwarming as the the, the interview uh, ticket scalper from like five, six, five years ago or so four or five years ago. Yeah, that was great. That's going to be in the, one of the best stuff. We're going to throw that in. All right, moving on. Ian? Yes. You know, Christmas time is important for many reasons. Yeah. You, you get to buy gifts like like Ultimate Fishing Simulator for your friend. Indeed. Um, you, you buy the you buy the, the you know the, the 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 peanut butter cup trees for the stocking stuffers. Yep. It's time to relax and slow down. It's also time for the Pornhub year in review. Oh, I see. and we've done this at least once or twice before. We may not have done it last year. So this is Pornhub's seventh annual year review, where they bring the hottest trends, term searches, and recap everything that happened this year. Um, and I didn't know they have a Pornhub Insights blog. I had no idea. So Pornhub is one of the biggest, you know, websites out there for for all your one stop porn shopping needs. And they released uh, they they do quanti- quantitative analysis of sh- search terms, videos uploaded, and you know, hopefully this video doesn't get de- demonetized. But um, we'll just go over the, the numbers here. I, I think it's fascinating. There were 42 billion, vi- 42 billion visits to Pornhub in 2019. 42 billion! 39 billion searches performed. 115 million visits per day. 6.83 million videos uploaded. Jesus. 1.36 million hours of new content. That's 169 years of content to watch. They said if you went back to like the 1850s and started watching, you wouldn't. Or you, you'd you would. still be watching them today. <laughs> of just the one year of content. Yep. Oh, you started watching 2019 videos in 1850. Wow, Abe Lincoln had a, had a lot of watching to do on his uh, on his iPad in the White House. <laughs> 6,597 petabytes of data. I'm not sure what that is. I guess 1,000 terabytes? I don't know. That's 18,073 terabytes a day. Wow. 753,000 gigabytes per hour. 209 gigabytes a second. That's that's the one that I need. I wonder if that's more than even YouTube. I wonder if that's more than YouTube. I don't know. It would be interesting to compare this to to YouTube stats. Uh, If you copied all that data onto hard drives, they would reach 100 kilometers high to the edge of space. Oh my God! Eleven point five million video comments. Um, Ninety-eight thousand plus new. 
Amateur models. Oh, ghost phone. Ghost phone. All right. Um, what was I going to say? There was something I was going to say here. Oh, 42 billion visits to Pornhub. 39 billion searches performed. That means... You were doing a lot of searching. Well, well, that that, I mean, that, that means that a lot of a lot people, people found f- stuff just fine on the front page. They loaded up well, and they're like, all right, well, that's good enough. Not a lot. That's a, that's a low percentage. Well, that's, that's I mean, three out of 42. I, I'm surprised that there'd be... That it wouldn't be like 41 billion searches performed per visit. Hey, well, maybe something catches your eyes. Like, what's hot? Ooh, what's yeah. going on here? Well, you know, today we're going to do a little window shopping. <laughs> and then they had the Very while you porn. were fapping part of this article about what was going on while while you were fapping about, about uh, messages being sent and, and new up, uh, uploads happening per second and things like that. Um, here we go. Top searches. This is the best thing. The top searches that define 2019. I'm surprised by about five of these. Uh, number one is amateur. That's not shocking. There's a little cute little GoPro image that they put here. Number two, Ian, is alien. Yeah. Now, this is... Uh, I remember the last time I talked about this. I think it was it was, it was was like Amazon or giant women was a big search term. Whatever. Uh, this is... A, I, I got to search this now. I got to go on. We got to search this. I have no idea what genre this is. This, this was not something that I'm aware of. Um... But when I search it, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of alien monsters, uh, some CG stuff going on, um, alien prostitutes. Uh, it's some weird stuff here that I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> um, I guess it's, it's a thing now. And they did a whole insight about alien uh, porn. Uh, <laughs> a whole uh, insight into it. Um, number three is point of view. I guess that's with and without virtual reality. Uh, number four is... Um, uh, Belle Delphine, remember she did the uh, gaming girl bathwater thing, and she bl- blew up because I think it was because she did a viral video on Pornhub, and that's a lot of people watched. She that. did a um, like a fake out. She did me. a fake out. Yeah, on it was uh, watch me stroke two big cocks or something, and it was her petting roosters. Good for her. Yep, she's hustling. Number five is cosplay. Okay, numbers. Uh, that's probably always gonna be popular with what movies coming out and things like that. Number six is mat- mature. Mature. Number seven is bisexual. Number eight is Apex Legends. I guess the characters. It, yeah, char- video game stuff is different. I mean, I mean last time we did this, it was, it was probably a um, well, uh, Fortnite was last year, I think. Was it? And the year before was probably the, what the Overwatch. Overwatch. I think Overwatch was a big one. Number nine is ASMR. That's a strange one to be combined with. Uh, yeah, pornography. So it's like really, you're whispering like this. I guess that turned some people on. They're quite. And number ten is uh, good old femdom, like, like good old Alicia Dragoon video. <laughs> there it is. That's uh, anyway. Um, it's always interesting. Uh, mature. Uh, I just love how how studious these articles are. Really analyzing this. Um, mature searches also defined 2019 with the rise of gilf porn in categories. People are now free to indulge in their age to perfection fantasies. It's w- written very well these year in reviews mm-hmm. from Pornhub. Okay, ASMR. Um, Let's see. I'm trying to see what... It, it's, a, it's such a controversial fetish that some people don't even believe it exists. I guess... Okay, I did not know about this. They, do, they talked to Dr. Lori. People are searching out... Searching for out-of-the-box porn with searches like cosplay and ASMR. The interest in cosplay indicates the desire for all kinds of fantasy play. It's just, just about the sex. The costumes play a big role in stimulating the brain, taking people out of the ordinary. It's the same for ASMR, which is all about the sensorial experience. People want to be transported to another state of mind, not just by images, but also sounds. Okay. All right. ASMR. 
there you go. All right. All right. Fucking weird alien stuff, man. <laughs> and then I guess the most searched for terms, the most searched for term in 2019 was actually uh, uh, Japanese. That used that was fourth last year, and it went up. It went up to number one with a bullet. Milf was number one, and now it's number four. That that came down. Hentai stayed at number two. Hentai at number two is always interesting to me because it's one of those things where like lots of people won't admit to liking it, or they they're like, oh, that's weird. But then you look at something like search terms, and the search terms don't lie. A lot of people are searching hentai. <laughs> Fucking tons of people are looking for it. So that was the, let's see what's the biggest change here. Public went up by eight, and then uh, BBC went went up. Uh, by 11. I don't, I don't think that's the British Broadcasting Company there. I think there might be something else there. So, <laughs> then at the bottom of the list, Squirt. Big beautiful cookies. The bottom of the list, Squirt maintained its, like, uh, number 25 at the bottom. It was like... <laughs> it's consistent, I guess. And then the most searched for a porn star, someone I didn't know about, I might do some research, Atlanta Rhodes was the most searched for a porn star there. Interesting. Okay. All right. All right. Interesting enough. And then the the number one uh, most searched for porn star uh, was uh, Jordi El Nino Poya. Okay. All right. There you go. <laughs> it's just funny. And then, of course, uh, yes, we're number one. We're the top uh, Pornhub country again. By by a huge degree. I understand our population's big. Right. We're, we're knocking it out of the park. But Japan's coming in strong at number two. Uh, we're coming in strong there. They They moved up for number four spot. And the UK moved down a spot from number two to three. There, they're the only ones that went down. Uh, India's fallen off the map. There must be it must be an Indian porn hub. They went down twelve slots there, so they used to be like number two. It looks like. And they, yeah, maybe they, maybe there's a, 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 a India home, hub porn, a home a homegrown alternative. Uh, and, and Sweden, Sweden's almost coming off the list entirely. Sweden, you got to do better. They're they're, 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 they're they they went down the list. All right, it's a fun topic. I think it's fun. I, I, I'm one of those people that think porn can be healthy. It's not, yeah, sure. it's not, it's not a, a dirty, you know, it, it's you know, thing that oh, you're going to go to hell or whatever. No, it's not. Everything, everything in moderation. That's all. Just, just like margaritas and and video games and Star Wars. Here, all right, moving on. Margaritas. All right, Ian, you, you want to do a, a, some some quick Christmas memories? We're gonna, probably going to do a, a, on the best. We'll probably do something. I don't know about... what to. I don't know what to talk about in terms of Christmas memories. <sighs> I mean, I feel like we've done this every year, and I don't know. We don't. What... I, did we do this last year? I don't know. Maybe we did. Well, I think we did. I did a, done a specific like crisp, like disappointing Christmas gifts. We did. I think we did that last year. Oh, as, as our topic. I feel we should do like a Christmas topic, even if it's like Christmas food or something. Christmas food memories? Is that enough to get enough mileage out of it? I'm doing Christmas food uh, in... <laughs> I'm doing Christmas food in two hours and 20 minutes uh, with the other podcast. But for Christmas food, yeah, I mean, I can talk about it. I mean, for me, I, I always... Christmas, to me, I don't really think about an actual um, meal, per se. But I do remember all of my... Uh, all the cookies my grandma Ferguson used to make. Oh. Um, she was not a cook... She didn't particularly like cooking. She didn't do a lot of cooking. But every year she would spend like a freaking week doing Christmas cookies. And she would have 
multiple, multiple varieties. We're talking she would make like anywhere from, you know, six to ten different types of Six cookies. to ten. Oh, yeah. My mom does four. I think that's a lot. Yeah, I think that's four. a lot, too. Yeah. Um, my sister-in-law just sent uh, Vani and I some cookies, and she did oh. four different varieties. And I was like, this is it's a lot of work to be doing all that. Oh, yeah. Especially if you're doing it by yourself. And my grandma would always do them for, yeah. you know, every member of the family would get a box. So there'd be like my mom and my dad, my brother and I would get them. And then I had cousins. It's a full and day so, of baking. Yeah. For her, it was it was definitely, you know, the thing. Um. But yeah, like otherwise, like with food, I, I don't think of necessarily a ton. Um, you know, Christmas party, I go out and I get a good meal, and then um, you had a nice, uh, nice steak dinner. I heard I did. That was that's why the steak dinner. So every <laughs> I, I, I can talk about the fucking so the Luna Christmas parties. Uh, it's funny they used to be notoriously crazy. Um, I came home from one without my shoes once. <clears throat> Yep, lost my shoes. Just fucking lost my shoes. Dude, I've lost my shoes twice in my life. Um, What are you, kick them over the bar, just relax? I don't know. Uh, (laughs) That's good. (laughs) It's part of the problem. Um, Yeah, there was a Luna Christmas party where we ended up on the beach drunk firing um, Roman candles at each other. That was a fun year. Um, Someone had Roman candles? Yeah. That was yeah. That was good. Watching the sunrise as you fire Roman candles at each other after a night of heavy drinking. Um, but the past few years, the Luna Christmas parties have gotten uh, far tamer. I'm getting far more tame in my old age. Uh, Treg's got kids, and uh, honestly, I think Treg's the one that that, that would probably party more than anyone. Um, but our, our other coworkers, you know, aren't as crazy as our old coworkers were. So, anyways, we went to. Uh, we went to this place called Born and Raised. It's a steakhouse in um, Little Italy, I think, is where it is in San Diego. And I'm a person who doesn't... I, I'm not like a big steakhouse person. I don't go for steaks all the time. I don't dislike steak, but there's... I don't just, either. There's just a billion different things that I... I, I mean, like, I, I like to cook and mix with ingredients and stuff. And with a steak... Generally, if a steak is good enough, it's it's to the point where you're not supposed to really be putting anything on it. Sauce. I, I just don't like. I don't get any joy from cooking. You, you cooking can rub red some meat. seasoning on it, but yeah, you, or maybe you cook it like in some butter or something. Yeah. But we went and I got a dry aged um, on the bone New York strip steak, and it was a fucking revelation. I have I. It was so good, and I always say. Um, you know, I have a lot of good meals. I have a lot of great meals every year. I like to cook. There's a lot of good restaurants. Vani's a good cook. But I haven't had a meal that really kind of shook you, shook right. me, to, or, or, or woke me up to you know something in a long time. I'd never had a dry aged steak like that before, and it was it was wild. So, so yeah, did you have any sides with it or no? I did. Uh, I did whipped potatoes. Uh, I did mushrooms fricassee. We all split a bunch of sides. Um, and okay, that, and that was something that I, I I I'm gonna actually be trying to make is the mushrooms fricassee was really good. What, is, like, what the hell's fricassee? Well, I don't know what if, if I'm Are assuming you pronouncing it correctly. Yeah, it's fricassee. Um, they uh, it's the wine sauce. No, it was so they were like sautéed mushrooms. I'm sure there was a a sauce of some sort, but the big serving thing was is it came with a whole egg yolk on top, and the egg yolk was stirred in before you eat it. 
and it was freaking delicious. I love mushrooms. It was fricassee and delicious. It was fricassee and delicious. Uh, I'll, I'll look up the right now about what what the hell is in here. Yeah, I'm looking right. Fricassee. So there's like an egg base to it, egg yolk base to the mushrooms. Yeah, Sorry. exactly. Okay. There's champagne vinegar, there's shallot, there's thyme, there's pepper. Okay, it sounds interesting. I don't think I've ever had it in my life. Yeah, it's fucking so, delicious. You, so, so you, you, you had a real steak where, a steakhouse where you can buy just steak. Yeah, and it was just, oh God. It was okay, nice. I might have to do it sometime. I, yeah. I've never done that. I never went to a high-end steakhouse in my life. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I spent my life not thinking I ever needed to, but I'm, I, I, it's the thing, as great as it was, and as much as it really changed my perception of some food, uh, it's not something I think I'll be running to go do again anytime yeah, soon. Yeah, there's some people that are steak people. There's some people that that's what they love eating, which sure. that's their thing. It's not not mine. All right, so my Christmas food, you know, I, I, I saw so bad before. It's, it's, it's the Feast of the Seven Fish. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's, it's, the, it's the highlight. Of, it, it's what my year revolves around is Christmas Eve when you're Italian. So you start with the antipasta, you know, you get your mushroom salad. You got your plate of uh, you know you your capicola, your prosciutto. You got you got the we get the we get like the, the fresh bread. Sometimes you can buy the half baked bread, so you you finish baking it yourself in the oven. Oh my god, mud on! You bring it out, you put it out, you, you know you can get a little dip it in the olive oil with you know. Mm. You get, some people don't like the butter. Say it's anti Italian. I like butter in my bread. Sorry, I do. Me and my sister always did. And my grandfather. Yeah, I do too. My grandfather Solid would yell at me, "Why are you dealing with the butter?" <laughs> and I, he was being nice though, but you know. Yeah. But it's but, delicious. Yeah, it's it's delicious. A nice fresh bread. So you get that. You have you have the bacala salad, um, the mushroom salad. You know, uh, as a tradition, my grandfather loved with the meal to um, have scallions or green onions, and so I have to have green onions with it. I'm the one person I might eat them, but I just I, it's, that's my tradition. I'm going to carry forward from my grandfather. He 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 liked just chewing on it during during you know antipasta. So the green onions. Yeah, green yeah, onions. that sounds. Great. I love yeah. green onions. It's like a palate cleansing type of thing, kind of, as well. You know, you have all the cheeses. You have the sharp provolone, the fresh mozzarella. You got that going on there. Uh, that's a meal in and of itself. Like, you, Oh, yeah. I'm stuffed after that. Like, the amount of food I used to eat has gone down precipitously as I've gotten older. But I'd say, like, in my early to mid-20s, even when I was not, um, I wasn't, like, that that overweight. But, like, I could pound two full plates full of like antipasta, like I could just pound it, and that's like <laughs> that's like a pound of cheese in and of itself, not counting like yeah. the the uh, the salami and things like that that are out there, rolled up, ready for you to engorge on, and like having probably like eight eight slices of freaking bread. Yeah, I'm not even exaggerating. Like you have to like scoop up the oh yeah, no, like I the mushroom that. salad has like the oils mm-hmm. and then you scoop it up. It's like I'm salivating onto myself now, and that but that's but that's like step one. That's like an hour of just that. Mm-hmm. Then you rest for like 20 minutes, and then you get uh, a bunch of fish. And, th- and this work could change up. You usually have some sort of linguine with clam sauce. You'll get like uh, um, some fried fishes. Um, you'll get some shrimps there. Some uh, could be fried shrimp or or um, some sort of like grilled shrimp thing. Uh, octopus we'd have, like the little rings, uh, calamari, things like that, where it's a variety of fish. You got to count to seven and get there somehow. You might cheat and include anchovies in the, right. in the antipasta. Sure. But th- that's what you did. There's always usually linguine and clam sauce that's thrown in there. That's like two courses there, too. And then by then, you're like suffering. You're like, okay, no mas. But then, no, because now we got dessert. That's nothing. Now we got the Italian pastries coming out. You got the, the cookies coming out, the Italian cookies. The cookies my mom would always make. My mom would always make like the peanut butter with the half-dipped chocolate. I think mm-hmm. I've given you some before. Yeah, those uh, are good. The, the, the green... Um, 
Christmas tree cookies that have the cream cheese in them. They're delicious. Um, I, I love the chocolate with the powdered uh, sugar on the top. Yes. Uh, those are like incredible. Um, and, but then that's the, all right. Cannolis. You got, you got your Shriadel. I'm not saying it correctly because it's like a Svazadel, whatever. Um, uh, you got your butterflies, which don't exist anymore. No one makes them. They're like the little Italian little cupcake sort of thing. Napoleons, which is like my favorite Italian pastry. Um, Struffoli, which I always order from back east because no one makes it in San Diego County, which are honey balls. I ever give you some to try? No. I never gave you some. This year no. I will. I feel bad. I, didn't, I, order, I order every year from uh, Circo's uh, Deli, uh, Italian bakery in New York. Uh, in New Jersey, you can get it. You can't get it in San Diego. One time someone tried making it here, especially for Frank, and they were awful. They were like I remember you giant me, yeah. puff balls. No. And my grandma used to make them, and it takes like four hours to make Struffoli. You got to chub up the dough, and you got to deep fry it, the honey, and the little, the little, um, the, they're not jimmies, the, the, the circular sprinkled colored things. They're like jimmies, I guess. Not they're called. or whatever. Whatever they're called, yeah. And then you, but then you put like nuts in it, and you put cherries in there. Oh my God, it's the best thing ever. So, so this last, this meal lasts, Ian, about six hours, this meal, all, all in all, because with breaks, you start eating at like, okay, maybe like five hours. You start at like seven with the antipasta. You end at like 1130 midnight. You got to rush to midnight mass as a kid. You get <laughs> but then in New Jersey, it oh, was yeah, always. Truthfully, looks fantastic. Truthfully, is the best. I, I never gave you some really, even last year. Yeah. I, I must have offered it to you. Mm-mm. I'm okay. I'm a I mean, hor- it's fine. I'm a horrible friend. It's not a, not a big deal. All right, this year like delicious, something. though, yeah. Yeah. Um, but and then it was usually like right before dessert um, back in Jersey. It still goes on. The local firehouse would come around with the, with the lights going. And then Santa's on the on the fire engine. And if you're a kid, you could stop. He would like stop and say hi for you for like a second and go around. I remember that in Buffalo. That they did that always, too? Yeah. That, that was, was a thing? thing? Yeah. Santa on a fire truck and they'd, they'd run him around the... Is that an East Coast thing maybe? Maybe. It doesn't happen around here. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Because <laughs> now people would be scared. Yeah. They go around the neighborhood with that. And um, so that that was like, I guess my food memories was that and that's continued forward. And I would say that that will be the, my tradition. That's like my, the biggest Italian or Italian American tradition I'll probably hold even if I have a family is I'll try to at least do that. Is, is have the Christmas Eve meal. Because that's like the biggest connection, I guess, to even Italy with the fish and everything. Sure, yeah. Is that. And it's important. And of course, the Italian pastries, which are f- incredible. And it's good they're that... They're out of control. It's good that you can't eat them all year round because I'd have a heart attack by now. Yes. I mean, you, you can go to some... I mean, you get mini cannolis here and there, but you don't get the full array unless you go down to Little Italy. But there's, there's still only three Italian bakers, I think, in all of San Diego County. There's not a huge amount of them. You know, it's, it's a tough gig. There's not a huge amount of Italians here in San Diego. And then, of course, on Christmas Day is when you have your traditional Ginzan food. You have, like, your stuffed shells, and you have your meatballs and sausage. And Delicious. That, that would usually happen on Christmas Day. And that was the day we usually traveled uh, to see, like, relatives. Like, like for Christmas Eve, it would be, like, uh, my dad and, and his brother and, and uh, the cousin. I only have one cousin on my dad's side. And, like, those grandparents. And the, other, the next day would be when you visit the other side. You'd go around. You know that's how that's how it worked. You had to like go visit here and there. So so that's when uh, that's the most nostalgic I get for family is around Christmas, Christmas Eve. Um, it, not even the presents don't even matter. Like that that's to me like I don't need anything. It's just it's really just the food and being around. I just like getting yeah. I just like being around because I get along well with my family. So Christmas to me was always let's eat and let's hang out. That was kind of my thing. Yeah. So there you go. That's my Christmas memories about uh. What was your food? Did you have Christmas Day or Christmas Eve food? No, like I was saying, well, we always did like a big brunch. You did a brunch on yeah. Christmas? Yeah. That's what my mom would do. Oh, it wasn't open because we, we'd get the Pantone bread. 
Um, you know that you know that yellow egg bread. Yeah, is that Pantone? What Panatone. is it called? Yeah, that, that was your breakfast. You'd have like you know like a better version of I guess like a fruit cake, but it's a bread. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been. You can buy it. You can go up to grocery outlet. You can buy still buy it, it right? Yeah, you can go up to grocery outlet and they have a big display of it for the holidays. Panatone bread. Yep. Yep. It's just like a, a like the most unhealthy bread, like sugary and just good and sweet. There's a sweetness to it. What do they put in that? Italian type of sweet sweetbread loaf, originally from Milan. Okay, candied fruits and raisins. Yeah, it's delicious. It's a dessert, and that's what we'd have for like breakfast. You gotta stop looking at strictly recipes. Uh oh, you want to try it? It's tough, but you can do it. You need a deep fryer, though. Yeah, I guess you can do it in, in a. I've in got a, a cast iron pan. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll fund you, and I'll put the funds in to do it. <laughs> you may not get it the first time. It's tough. It takes a, a couple hours to do it. Yeah, it looks like it takes a while. Wow. Hmm. All right. <laughs> All right. We're going to move on. And we have a... Do we have any... No, no Christmas tales from the game store? No. We'll, we'll get on the best of. We have a Patreon topic. We do have a Patreon topic. We have a Patreon. You go to patreon.com slash CU podcast and you check us out. Um, I do... <laughs> you check, you check, you check us, out. us out. I do a, uh, a writing about once a week. I uh, do a hangout. It was a good hangout this month. Uh, video hangout. Um with uh people um we what did i say i just said the writing i said the hangout we put the full podcast up we do things you know it's easier than listening to me tell you about what we do on the patreon going to patreon.com slash cu podcast wow ian there you go you saved it at the end all right all right so our patreon poll of the week we have in third place at 18 percent. what licensed property would you want to adapt to a pinball machine that's dying of death second place 29 percent. the state of amiibo collecting five years in and in first place with the bullet, why have fandoms become so toxic in recent memory, Ian? Um, so I think my one of the main reasons is the uh, social media and the internet are great for a lot of reasons, of course, connecting people. But you get a bunch of people together. You, you give people who enjoy... Um, you know, a certain show like say Star Wars or wrestling or something like that, you give people places where they can easily get in touch with a bunch of other people who um, love that thing. But everyone's loving it for. It used to be you'd see someone and be like, oh, yeah, I like that as well. And that was enough. But when you're on top of each other constantly, constantly discussing and dissecting, um, it's easy, I think, for rifts to form in fandoms. Um, also, with social media, they have access, people who make the media that people consume, whether it be actors or directors or writers, are more available than they've ever been Sure. Before. On Instagram on, on, and on Twitter mainly. Yeah. Yes. And um, I think over time, because social social media has kind of been a, uh, how do I, am I going to say this, a democratizing force, it, 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 it gives you access to people that used to seem... Um, and it amplifies your own voice. And amplifies your own voice, exactly. And then people who create will respond to the people who consume, and you start to get this... I don't know this feeling that if you don't like something, you can complain enough and it will change. Not realizing that not everyone may like, you know, something in the same way that you do. Sure. To me, basically everyone's got a soapbox now. 
Yes, and it's like wavelength wavelength amplification. One voice saying something, you don't hear it, but if uh, a thousand people say the same exact thing, it becomes louder. And that's what happens. That's what social media is. It's like, yeah, it's not important. You know, maybe, uh, I don't know, this character gets killed off in this movie or doesn't go. In the past, it'd be like, oh, yeah, that sucks. Okay. If it was like the 90s or 2000s, now it's like, well, I'm saying it, and 800 random people are saying it. It must be a big deal. And the grand scheme of things, it's not a big deal. Right. It just looks like it is because of social media. And that goes for everything, though, with social media. I'm one of the people that is now more and more. It's like social media, to me, there's a lot of good it's doing. And, and it's hard to get away with, with things that you shouldn't get away with, with social media. Uh, information gets out there. But it's it's also easy to do shitty things or uh, make small things into into bigger, larger issues that it really shouldn't be, at least in my opinion. That's what social media does as well. Uh, so it's... um. You know, it, it, it live by the sword, die by the sword. And, and I think because it's also more visible, there's more focus on fan communities and things like that. I think that also, and people love it when I use this word, but I, word, but I do think there is a lot of growing entitlement in fan communities coming from people who think that they now own the thing that they consume. This this is a telling. This is why I always wanted this information. And twenty two percent about this is from two thousand nineteen April. About twenty two percent of Americans use Twitter. This is okay. So it's still not many people. Instagram's probably about that for younger people. They use Instagram more than we do. Roughly 10% of those users are responsible for 80% of tweets. Okay? Right. So doing a pat math, that means 2% of Americans, 10% of 22, are responsible for 80% of tweets. Yeah. What does that tell you? It means that the vast majority of people using social media are just consuming it. They're just reading it, seeing what's going on. But you have a, a, a very small minority of Americans, 2% of Americans, that are on there and just doing a lot of content. But they might be the ones that are also yelling a lot about things mm-hmm. as well. So always keep that in mind with Twitter or social media. Always keep that in mind. It does not reflect necessarily what's going on in the minds of most people. It's what's going on on that platform. Right. Yeah, it's it, it, it may not be... I guess in the end, then it's it's not necessarily representative of fandom as a whole. Sure. But I think you know, with with the social media breaking down the barriers and stuff like that, I, I think yeah, there's this expectation, like I said, with the focus of uh, on you know fan conventions and and fans and stuff like that. There there is start it starts to feel like I think there is a small chunk of fandoms that do feel like they own what they consume. And should then yes. have creative control yes. and direction over it. And that's not, why they get so angry when the things that they constantly spend time talking about don't come to fruition. Or, or don't, 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 I could have done it better. Or don't come quickly enough or not on their own schedule or things get pushed back. And it wasn't like that the, until the past probably five, six years with social media. It was before that. It was like, oh, a trailer for a movie comes out. Maybe you go on a forum, like, remember, like, Dark Horizons forum or ain't it cool news and you see people talk about it and it was toxic in there too yeah but the thing is that is that you had a you had to go to a specific form or site about that topic to talk about it like there's always been star wars forums or always been forums probably about you know um i used to go on a watchman movie forum back before the movie came out so mm-hmm. we can bitch and moan about watchman there's people for and against the movie i was f- against how the movie was when it came out for example but it was self-contained there right now with social media you you can't contain conversations anymore. No, you see them trending. Someone could at you for something if you're an actor about a movie you started a year ago and they don't like it. And it's like so now it's it's 
the best way I think I described to um, someone about Twitter is it's not it's not like a discussion in the park. It's like uh, walking through a hallway with all the doors open and people are yelling while you're walking. You can hear them all yelling at you while you try to walk through. Sure. Yes, you can try to shut it out, but you're still going to hear about it or see it at least. And like, oh wow, ah, yeah, ah, and you can't avoid it. You got to be walking in that hallway. It's not like someone, uh, a crazy person in the park with a bullhorn, because you can just walk away from that person. You can't walk away from it on some of the social media. You can't. Yeah, uh, un- unless you just leave the social media. Yeah, unless, yeah, behind. unless you shut it off. You can always do that, of, of course, if it bothers you. But I think that I think it's what you said is is, is key though is about ownership. Is that before when you were a fan of something, you were you're a consumer, um, you 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 either liked it or didn't, but then you you voted with your wallet, and then okay, I like this, I didn't like this, I saw the movie. Did. Now it's not enough not to like something; everyone else has to know you don't like it and why you don't like it specifically. Right. And before that wasn't really a thing, you know. Before it was like, oh, I bought a crappy Nintendo game. Okay, it was a crappy Nintendo game. I'm not going to buy their game from that company. They're not going to, you know, go near them anymore. Now it's like, well, let's yell at the company for making that game. Right, and that's, I, that's what I was trying to say poorly about the social media breaking these barriers down. There's an easy, direct way. There's now no to... the civil barriers are gone. Right, exactly. Basically. Correct. It makes it easier for you're not accountable for being an asshole anymore. Mm-hmm. That right? That's that's about it. You can be an asshole. You can't be an asshole to someone's face. You might be accountable, uh, but, but you can be an asshole online. You can say shit you would never say in person to someone. That happens all the time. Yep. Yeah. Being so, behind the computer uh, makes and, and everyone it, feel safer. Yeah, you're anonymous, most likely. Whereas, you know, back in the day, if you were part of, like, a fan club, you know, sure, there were BBS ones, but you had to go out and meet these people. Or people at least knew you, who you are. You were accountable. Right. Even on a forum. If you're an asshole on a forum, eventually you might be like, okay, well, it's, we don't want you in the conversation. Right. You're out of the thread or go. we're going to ban you from here. Like, you're you're toxic. It's kind of hard to do that where social media exists, where it's not directed at one specific subject. It's everything, right? You know, there's no there's no moderation really on Twitter or on Instagram. That's what it comes down to, right? There's, there's a terms of, there's a terms of service, but that's far different than than yeah. Moderation. There's no moderator saying, okay, keep it aligned, keep it civil, right? You know, maybe we need that, but then it becomes you're censoring that. Can't do that. Okay, moving on here. Oh, is that it? That's it. You and I gotta, we gotta do some uh, recording for this. Now the Stev one twenty seven. That's about right. We, we okay. Got, we got a little longer in the past couple. We did one forty five. I think a couple weeks ago. Last, last week usually we've been about. We've been dot. about. I was gonna say we've been about an hour and a half. How do we used to do two hour forty five minute podcasts? I don't every know. Other week, I have no idea. That was, that was manic pad energy and manic Ian energy. It was tired. We did twenty five topic podcasts before. I mean, each each topic was like a minute or two, but we did them. Yeah, that was like the height of the podcast. <laughs> Because we're just doing like two videos a day. That's what that's what the algorithm liked. That's what helped grow the podcast back in like two thousand, whatever that was, fourteen, fifteen, about there. We're washed up now, though. Now Pat's washed up. All right, all right. That's it for this podcast. So, um, yeah, like the podcast and subscribe, please, on your po- po- podcast platform of choice. Podbean, Google Play. I almost said Twitcher. Switcher. What is Twitcher. it? Stitcher. Stitcher. (laughs) (laughs) iTunes, whatever. Leave a comment how much you love me and Ian. And um, yeah, check out our nice sponsor, Mint Mobile. Mintmobile.com says to you podcast. Makes a great gift for if you have a little little teenager getting on the cell phone. It's a cheap way to do it there. My friend AJ is doing it with his two daughters. You know, if I had a kid, I would do it too. I I mean, I'll get it for who clawed the toilet Luigi there. 
And um, yeah, and then uh, we 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 will we we will not be back for Christmas Eve podcast, but we'll see about the end of the year. If we're going to do them before the end of the year or after the end of the year, we'll see what happens there. We'll see where I'm at, where, where, in, the, where in the world I am at that point. Where in the world is Patrick Country? Watching Ian play Ultimate Fishing Simulator that's right. at Christmas. That's, <laughs> that's right. All right, that's Ian Ferguson. That's me. I'm Pat Country. Have a merry, merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Um, be safe. Uh, try to take a step back and be like, all right, life isn't that horrible. And listen to a nice podcast every week, you know. You know, I, I can go see a, a Star Wars movie and yell about it. That's not that's not a bad problem to have. No, it's not a bad problem to have at all. Your tummy's full. You got a roof over your head. It's not bad. Life isn't that bad, right? No, no. What are you looking up, Ian? More, more, strewfully recipes. I'm pulling up the uh, the best of. Life. Okay, that's it, guys. Uh, stay safe. Thanks so much. We'll, we'll see you potentially in 2000 and uh, 20, but we'll have a best of for you. Okay, take care.